Cutting Out Early, the podcast. Surely you can't be serious. I am serious. And don't call me Shirley. I'm in a glass case of emotion! With Max, Zach, and Alex. Just when I think you couldn't possibly be any dumber, you go and do something like this. And totally redeem yourself! Welcome, welcome, ladies and gentlemen. Episode number four already. My goodness. How's everyone doing out there? This is the Cutting Out Early podcast, April, April, August, August 4th, 2020. My goodness. It could what a, still be April. What a year. Who knows? <laughs> we never know anymore. Um, Alex Newth, Zach Montgomery, Max Manger here for you, taking you through this show. Alex Newth joining on Zoom, a little bit of a uh, different situation here, but I, I think it's actually going to work out okay. How's it, how's it sound over there, Alex? Are you sounding okay? It sounds great to me. I hope I sound great to everybody out there. Well, yeah. I mean, <laughs> it's not an I improvement. Mean, so. <laughs> as good as I can. As good as I can, I suppose. <laughs> I understand. I understand. Well, it, it's, a, it's a good effort to get this going because, obviously, you will be moving uh, out on that side of the state uh, later on in this uh, year, in the next few months or so, so... Definitely a good option to try out right now, and I, th- I think it's going to work out well. I think it's going to be fine. I think so, and uh, I think this will at least be a good trial run. We got the equipment out. We, uh, we'll see how this recording goes. I hope it comes out uh, crisp and clear for you guys at home. Oh, absolutely. I think it will. I think it will. Today, we are doing our remake show. We're going to talk about some of the best remakes. We did get some feedback from you guys, uh, which was fantastic. We have a long list, and that's going to be... Um, the second half of the show. There's stuff that we want to get to first, though. I know Zach wants to talk about what Wayne State's doing to his tuition. Uh, I don't Absolutely think ridiculous. He's not too happy about that. Um, a few other things. There was a crazy story about this uh, morgue in the area that is uh, facing some uh, scandalous activity, and um, it's it's pretty wild. Uh, I want to get into that, too, a little bit. Stuff going on with the Cardinals and their uh, venture uh, to a uh, local casino, uh, kind of uh, hurting the MLB. And uh, uh, Bachelorette drama, too, which is uh, that's, that's going to be big. And there's been some pretty big developments in the past week, but we'll get to that in a little bit. We know you love the Bachelorette, Max. <laughs> Hey, Big I do fan. too. There's no shame in that at all. <laughs> no, that, that is a great TV. You're voice. in the minority here, Zach. Yeah, I hate no, to I've say never, it. I've never been a fan. I really tried. The Bachelorette Mondays up at school were uh, were quite were quite the times, but I was never a real fan. Well, all right, Zach, we get it. You're a real man. That's how you want to go about yourself, Zach. It's okay. Um, before we get into much, I want to mention um, Jamie Samuelson. He uh, passed away over the weekend. He was uh, 48 years old of colon cancer. He's been on the radio in Detroit here uh, since the mid-90s, believe it or not. And he did the show with Wojo. Um, he did the show most recently with Stoney in the morning on 97 won the ticket. And it's no secret or anything that... 
everybody here on the podcast um, listens to the ticket quite a bit. Um, it's 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 uh, it's an area of radio that I've always thought they do an excellent job. It's a it's a big area of inspiration for for how kind of we format the shows, along with some other areas of influence. But Jamie was the guy that I listened to for a long time. I mean, you know, since since the early days of me listening to ninety seven when I was born in ninety five and. He wasn't. He was on the fan and uh, moved to ninety-seven-one later. But um, man, forty-eight years old and a wife and three kids. It's sad. Um, I, you know, we don't have to belabor it. It's it's a horrible story and it's just a sad turn of events. And um, I, I've been thinking about him and his family for uh, for the past few uh, few days. And I mean, he came out publicly on Monday last week about his colon cancer. He's been battling it for nineteen, 19. months. Yeah. So, you know, uh, my, my heart goes out to his family. It's sad. 48 is way too young. Three kids. Uh, he, he did everything right. He was, he was the guy that, that, uh, that just did it right. Whether you agreed or disagree with his opinions, um, it's too young. So um, definitely we're thinking about him this week. So I just wanted to mention that. It's, it's a big story. I mean, people are t- I'm reading USA Today, trending on Twitter on Saturday night. It's, it's crazy. It's impressive. Yeah, some national figures uh, right in form too. So I'm... I mean, I never really listened to uh, Jamie very much, but you can just tell by the way that all the love coming out for him, he was he's going to be missed. Yeah, so. no question about it. So we wanted to start the show with that without a question. But Absolutely. Well said, Max. I think you, you speak for all of us. Yeah, yeah. It's, you know, I, I was uh, I was hanging out with Adam on, on Saturday night, and, uh, and, you know, I told him about it. We were reading these weird things on Twitter, and um, I called my brother to confirm it, and yeah, Adam was broken up about it, and uh, and so was I. It was a it was a tough situation. So we're thinking of Jamie's family, and uh, you know it's a it's a brutal disease, and uh, just wanted to start the show with that. But uh, wanted to, to get to Zach's issue with, <laughs> Zach's <laughs> with Wayne issue. State. This is a big development in Zach's life but, personally, but it's also a big story, kind of, I guess. The next great scandal from Wayne State, <laughs> jipping their med students once again. One of many. One of many scandals that they've had, I, I guess. Mean, <laughs> I guess I shouldn't get too carried away. They did just happen to up my tuition as soon as the Pistons decided to buy a G League team and move into a stadium uh, that's hosted at Wayne State Stadium. But, oh, you, know, God. you know, maybe I'm just connecting some dots here that don't that don't really exist. But it's actually ridiculous. So. so what's going on? I mean, what's going on with the G League? Do you know any details about that stadium? I mean, is it what? What are they doing for them? Are they building a new stadium? Building a brand new stadium I mean, on the, 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 something in Trumbull. It's like a, a brand new facility. It's supposed to be huge. It's twenty five million dollars. My gosh! Uh, and they're putting that on the students. I mean, they're putting part of it on the students at least if they're raising tuition. I. I I think Wayne State's uh, fronting most of it, like twenty-two million of that. So, but I charging. made a bad purchase here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it sounds like it sounds like twenty-two million dollars of that is coming straight from bonds, and the other three million is from fundraising. So they're they're really <laughs> not doing fundraising. Ton, yeah, they're not really the, doing a ton of uh, of individual f- financing for this. I mean, it's all it's all coming from bonds. It's not really coming from donors. A lot of times when you see a big project from that in college athletics, you're going to see a lot of it footed by donors just because of Are you a big donor for the Wayne State uh, basketball team? 
What's that? Are you a big donor for the Wayne State basketball team? Do you think that Wayne I? State no, has a lot of big donors? <laughs> absolutely not, but it sounds like you might be. <laughs> yeah, I, I know. They upped my tuition during COVID. Like, you can't tell me that it's going to cost you more to teach me during COVID. Like, I don't not... have to go in. It, this, the, there's just The cost is going to be less, and yet they are upping my tuition. And it was it, I looked at the, uh, the vote for the board, and it was everybody but one person decided that it was a good idea to up the tuition for the med students. Oh, for God's sake. Isn't that ridiculous? Come so on. So was Why? the tuition not raised across the board? Was it only for, for you med students? or That I don't know. I do know it was like at uh, like a main campus decision. It wasn't like a you know med student-specific one. So That's right. stupid! But I, <laughs> I, I can tell you, this might have had something to do with it. You know, they're building a new stadium. They need to, you know, fund it. Well, with COVID, things are moving online or already are online more so than usual, right? Yes, correct. Do you, do you see themselves saving money in this situation oh, with absolutely. things being online? Absolutely. They don't have to they don't have to have lights on as much, sure. less staff, they're going to use recorded lectures probably more often. Like it online resources, there's no way that they can tell me that it's going to cost them more to train med students. It's the same thing that's going on with uh, with Harvard. Do you remember reading that story a few weeks back, how Harvard's keeping their tuition the same and everything's going to be online, 100% for Harvard? Yeah. It, are you telling me that whatever Harvard is worth per year, which is a ridiculous amount, it's I, I guarantee it's north of 50 grand, H- how is it that they can justify people spending that much money going into so much debt, but... Their education is just online? Are you telling me that's the same level of education? Because as somebody who's experienced both, along with you here, it's simply not. It's not the same level of education, but everyone seems to be keeping the same price or raising it because, hey, the G League's got to play somewhere. What are they going to do? Play at a a dinky arena? (laughs) Uh, Some place that's already built? Please, they need a brand new stadium. And you're going to pay for it. What's that online university? The University of Phoenix or something like that? Oh, yeah, the University of Phoenix. You can't tell me a degree from the University of Phoenix costs the same as As Harvard. It's pretty uh, much the same thing at this point. Exactly. (laughs) Just log in to Zoom and you're good to go. That's $50,000, please. Hand it over. Um, If you're a Wayne State student, it's going to be a little more. We've got to build this uh, this basketball (laughs) arena. No big deal. Or anything, but it's gonna be a little more. The, bo- the board voted on it, so it's okay. Hey, but everyone loves the G League, right? <laughs> I Crickets. think you have a uh, bone to pick with Mr. Gores over there, the Pistons owner. It, I, don't get me started. <laughs> uh, I anyways, agree. This uh, this uh, this G League story does have another aspect to it that I wanted to bring in, and that's the fact that the Pistons they had a G League team in Grand Rapids, the Grand Rapids Drive, but. The Grand Rapids Drive are independently owned. They're not owned by the Pistons. And the Pistons wanted to move the Grand Rapids Drive into this new Wayne State facility, but their owner refused to do so. So what the Pistons did is they ended their affiliation with the Grand Rapids Drive after this upcoming season, and they bought the Phoenix Suns G League team, and they're going to move them to Detroit. They're going to move them in. So they're bringing, I think it's like the Northern Arizona Suns, something like that, uh, but they're bringing them to Detroit, and they need a new name, and that is the angle that I want to talk about here because I think it's a little bit more fun than, uh, than this <laughs> tuition increase. <laughs> and, I mean, there are some – I think there's a lot of possibilities Uh-oh. Uh, for good names here. Um, the Free Press came out with the list. I don't see any good ones on this list. They have names like the Detroit Drive, which they just can't do because that's copying their old G League team. Oh, They've got the Detroit creative. Shock, which – 
of course, is copying like their the, women. Uh, the old WNBA team yeah. that was in Detroit that moved to Oklahoma City. Uh, and then they've got the Detroit Rockers, which uh, references Detroit Rock City. But then they've got the Ballers, the Hoopers, the Detroit People. What is that? The Detroit People? I mean, maybe if it was Detroit People Movers. <laughs> wow, it'd be terrible. <laughs> yeah. Maybe. What about the Detroit Q-Liners? Yeah. <laughs> Ooh, that's not bad. Yeah, right? Another the Detroit potholes. Always, Just, always a half hour behind where it's supposed to be. <laughs> let's th- let's think of all the bad things in Detroit and try to come up with a name for the basketball team: the People Movers, the Q Liners, the Potholes. Why don't they play off something like the Pistons? Shouldn't it be something car related? You know, like uh, I don't know. The Mustangs? No, like the Mufflers or something. Some the car mu- part. <laughs> the Mustangs <laughs> a car? I don't well, know. No, yeah, but I'm saying like uh, the Pistons are obviously an engine piston. Yeah, but. Th- is is that well, what I mean? Okay, I guess. All right, so, yeah. So the, the spark plugs. Yeah, yeah. There you go. The radiators. <laughs> I see what you're saying. Well, the, the spark uh, plugs. I like the, the muffler. Is, the G League is obviously the minor league. It has all the substitute players, so maybe they should be the Detroit spare tires. <laughs> <laughs> That's not bad. What about the Detroit Jacks? You know, or or, or the Detroit lug wrench. You know, something like that. I don't know. I like the spare tires, actually, Alex. That's pretty good. <laughs> that was right off the right off the top. That just kind of came to me. Well, congratulations for that well done observation. <laughs> well, I know just... the, I know they're accepting submissions. So if you if you have any, send them in. Or if you have any for us, send them in. Maybe we'll read them on next episode. Wow. But uh, but or I know just that's send in be... Alex's uh, spare tires, and we'll get the new team. I can't if if that's that true. new stadium goes up and the team that plays in there is called the Spare Tires. I don't know what I'd do. That's <laughs> the actually... Spares, the Detroit Spares. <laughs> I like yeah, call the... them the Spares. Hey, everyone ought to watch the Spares tonight. Who wants to go? Or the donuts. Yeah, the donuts. <laughs> I mean, you better. I mean, are they at least giving you season tickets? I, I hope so. Like a student section. Or your name on the wall or something. Yeah. Like this This <laughs> arena was funded by these members of the medical school or something. You no, know. Yes. No, they'll just be calling me for donations as soon as I graduate. They should so. put your face in the in the stands with one of those cardboard cutouts. <laughs> I think that's the least they could do. I mean, even even you know, even before COVID, I'm sure that they can they can use an extra few uh, cardboard cutouts to fill those seats. <laughs> God knows, yeah, exactly. God knows, no one else is gonna fill those exactly. seats. Exactly. <laughs> Heck, even the Pistons could use a couple cardboard yeah. seats once COVID's over. <laughs> I could definitely see that. There's no doubt about it. Um, okay. Um, well, just really quick, kind of speaking on the sports thing, Matthew Stafford, it's, it's been a weird week or I guess five days. He was put on the COVID list where, you know, we're not really sure if he has it or maybe he does not have it. He he may have come in contact with somebody. And then the story comes out yesterday, Matthew Stafford tests positive for COVID-19 and oh no, that's not good. Obviously, that's like the big news, uh, the the first starting quarterback in the NFL to test positive. And then today we find out it's a false positive. So he's back into everything. So it was pretty much just a waste of effort and energy for a few days about this entire story. So nothing's changed. Well, it's fine. It, it, was, it was really scary because his wife just recently had some kind of brain surgery, right? And then... Well, yeah, um, he did. Well, he she has, did. I'm sorry. He has three girls at home, and one of them is... She's relatively young, right? She was... She's and less than Kelly's a pregnant. His oh, wife is pregnant oh right yeah, now yeah. With their fourth child. Oh yeah, yeah. So, so yeah, yeah it was... that was really scary. I mean, with her, with her health condition, and you know, probably being a you know predisposed or a, you know extra, extra susceptible, and then also being pregnant, it, it was very scary. And yeah. I'm sure it was very scary for the family. And then 
of course the uh, the Lions fans, you know, there's always going to be some who don't even care at all about that who are saying, oh, no, our starting quarterback might be out for the year. What are we going to do? Well, I've heard people say that he shouldn't, like, so the NFL players can take opt-outs right now, and that means that they, they take – they say they're not going to play this year due to you know some kind of health risk related to COVID nineteen, and the NFL it gives them some kind of six figure salary. I don't, I it's not too high, but then they sit out for the rest of the season and they they don't have to play. And I've heard people say that he shouldn't play at all. Like what's 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 he going to risk? Here? I was listening to ninety seven one today and they were talking about yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, and I actually that's a good point. I agree. Like it. He's got a shit ton of money, right? He's yeah. probably the richest guy on the Lions. He he's got a family at home, a wife that just had a surgery and is pregnant. You know, it's it's dangerous for him to play right now. There's also a disparity between people like Stafford, who are in their 30s, they're established, they have families. This is their career, and and they want to do it as safely as possible. From 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 I mean, from what I'm reading on social media and all the stories that I read throughout the week. But then there's also the 21-year-olds, the 22-year-olds, just into the league, get a ton of money. And, you know, maybe they're a little more excited to go out and party and have a little more fun and take a little more risks. So those players could be putting some of the more, you know, careful players who are maybe more of a veteran at, at jeopardy of, of, I guess, hampering their career and their profession throughout this season. You know what I mean? It's that disparity, and I, I, I'm sure there's a disparity between those two mindsets in the NFL, and it's got to be a challenge. Um, Absolutely. Do you guys yeah. want to hear what uh, Kelly Stafford wrote? She, This was today. She blasted the NFL on Instagram. Did you guys see this? No, I didn't. Uh, I did not. No, please read it to This me. was just, uh, God, when was this? I know these stories were posted a couple hours ago, so this was today. Uh, this is her on Instagram. The past four days have been somewhat of a nightmare. For 24 hours, we believed my husband was positive for COVID. We were all tested the day after, and we were all negative, including Matthew. Then he tested negative again. Uh, and then again. And then again. After his second negative, we were made aware of the false positives and how this was one of those cases. I have been losing my mind because of how my family has been treated since my husband was put on COVID IR. Even after we knew it was a false positive, our school told us they were not allowed back. I was approached in a grocery store and told I was endangering others. My kids were harassed and kicked off a playground. I was told I needed to wait in my car when trying to pick up food, and people closest to us had to get tested just so they could go back to work. And that's just to name a few things. I don't blame these scenarios on any of the people directly involved. I understand where they're coming from, but I do blame the NFL. I blame the NFL for not holding themselves accountable. These are people's lives and livelihoods that are in those results in their test sites. Maybe we should be absolutely positive a person has COVID before releasing that info to the world. I'm sharing our experience because I don't want it happening to any other family that plays in this league. I mean, she has a point. Like, this is medical, you know, information. I mean, it it, it should be somewhat protected. How, how can the NFL... I mean, false negatives, you can attest to this. They're more rare... Uh, I'm sorry, false positives are more rare than false negatives. I actually from, don't know too much about this. That's so. from what everything that I've seen, and maybe it's specifically with COVID, but it's saying like, oh, it's a false negative when they really had it. False positives from what I've read online, I'm not a doctor, they're not very common. And this is done through the NFL's testing procedures where, you know, I mean, this isn't just some regular testing site that Stafford's going to, it's the NFL site. Yeah, and, and and they're getting these results, and yeah, it sucks the way they were treated by everybody, and 
you know, I'll, at the end of it, it's unnecessary because obviously he was negative. But, you know, I, I, I can see where Kelly's coming from. I'd be pissed too. Yeah. Absolutely. I don't think anybody should have their medical information released without their consent like that. Especially and on something so sensitive like this sure. where everyone's yeah, kind of scared. Right. I'm not sure what kind of agreements all the players have with the NFL about their medical diagnoses, because I know as soon as you get injured, you know, every reporter in the world, especially Adam Schefter is out there reporting exactly (laughs) what your injury is and how long you're going to be out and, you know, how you're going to get up and down the stairs at home kind of thing. So, you know, right. These, these, uh, these celebrities don't really have much, uh, much privacy, but, but yeah, especially in today's day and age and especially out of the season, before the season even starts, I think they really do have an expectation of privacy and they should they should really honor that at least until it becomes public concern, which it's it's really not at this point. You think so? You think so? So I mean, even if the season happens, which I'm I'm sure it will, um I don't think college will happen. That's just my guess. I hope it does. I hope I'm wrong. Uh but, you know, as far as football is concerned, uh we'll see. I know the uh the Tigers are not playing this week. Uh, they had a situation where they were playing a team that was testing positive for COVID. The Cardinals. It decided to be irresponsible is what, <laughs> is what happened. They well, were set to play the St. Louis Cardinals, and the St. Louis Cardinals decided they were going to have a team outing to a casino. How is that a good idea? <laughs> now, just to be clear, I don't think they broke any MLB rules from everything that I've looked into with this story, but... I think this kind of goes to show that the NHL, they're doing it right. Uh, with uh, with basketball, they seem to be doing it right. And now the MLB, that does not have a bubble, they're just anywhere they want. They really don't have the same restrictions as the other teams. We're seeing it now uh, more and more often where these games are getting canceled. These series are getting postponed whenever they're going to have time to fill it in. But is this just another, uh, I guess, uh, example of why this entire season is, is not going to happen totally? Because Absolutely. It, it's, I mean, if, every week it's something new, it seems like. And now it's I mean, affecting it's, the Tigers. Right. It's bad enough that they don't have the teams bubbled. But then again, but then having your rules not stringent enough to keep the players out of casinos? <laughs> Yeah, no, I I have to say, like, I, I think that the Cardinals were very, the Cardinal players that went to the casino here are very selfish because the all these MLB players are putting themselves at risk by playing, right? You, you're, you're kind of leaning on everyone else to kind of check their own and hope that they don't get something and then pass it on to you and then doing something that's, you know, very irresponsible and exposing yourself and your entire team to it is is you know, is a problem, but I don't think that it should really have an effect on the season. Um, I, I feel like it's kind of a sign of the times that these games are being canceled and it, I think it's the right thing to do. Like, I think they should be canceled, but I think that, uh, like the MLB season is just, it's going to be based on win percentage who gets into the playoffs. And then maybe when they get into the playoffs, they can start a bubble and kind of, you know, you know, you know, solidify that. But I just feel like in order to have sports right now, you're going to have to, unless you have a bubble, you're going to have some kind of risk and you're going to have to take these cancellations as for what they are. It's just going to happen. You can't mitigate every single risk if you don't have a bubble. Right. I did see. So the, the Tigers played a doubleheader uh, last week on Sunday that, and the, and the doubleheaders are only seven innings, right? Which is weird and, in itself. 
Right, and I saw something that said the I think it was the Padres would be seven and zero if all their games ended after seven innings. But of course they're not. They've lost several games in the eighth or ninth innings. It just goes to show that these seven inning games they're not real baseball games. They're not. So if you're going well, to make up these cancellations with double headers that are only seven innings, what's the point? I think that. It, well, I'm I'm going to say this again. I just think that it's a sign of the times like you, you, the inconsistency is going to happen. We're living in a not very perfect world with COVID. There's a lot of stuff going on. And if we want baseball at all, we're going to have to deal with these things. And if it, honestly, I don't mind watching a game, even if it is only seven innings, like it's not taking anything away from the game for me. You still can enjoy it. But, but I, I think there's a huge problem with when they determine who's making the playoffs at the end of all this. If certain teams played less than 60 games, I think that's a huge deal. I, I, I can't imagine them doing it based on win percentage when there are teams that, that haven't played the same number of games. I think what they're going to have to do is say, I, I don't know. I mean, what if they say, hey, you know what? Right now, they say this on August 4th or August 5th. We're shortening the season to 50 games. We're having too many delays. We're going to get to 50. It's going to be the same time frame. We're going to give ourselves more time so we're not playing when the snow's falling and we can't even pitch a ball because it's 20 degrees outside in November. But we're shortening it to 50 games now, and that's it. I, I, I mean, I, I think I think they have to do something to ensure that if they're going to make this season work, they've got to play the same number of games. Like I a, think that's critical. I think that's incredibly critical. Like schedule 60 games, but you'll like only count 50 your first 50 or something like that well just uh, yeah i mean or if there's teams right now like for instance that have 60 games scheduled then just cancel the last 10 or if there's teams that are getting these postponed games then just count them as canceled and those will count towards those 10 that are not being played and you know whatever just kind of do something like that i think I, i think it's so important that each team plays the same number of games. One thing that I want to know is didn't these didn't these teams have huge backup squads coming yes. with them and why aren't they playing these games anyway with these backup squads? That's a squads? good point. Like they it, haven't they have an increased roster size right now. They call they're called taxi players, I believe. So specifically so that if someone tests positive, they can quarantine them away from the rest of the team, bring up a taxi player and still play the game. But MLB's not following that protocol that they created. Well, yeah, the- MLB is a joke right now. <laughs> yeah, I know. It's it, it's a mess. I think did, did you guys see last week uh Ioannis Cespedes of the Mets just not show up for the game and they uh so at game time he hadn't showed up to the ballpark. So they sent security to his hotel room and he had just packed up and left <laughs> and he informed the team through his agent that he was going to opt out of the rest of the season, which I mean handling it that way is probably poor. But but I mean I don't blame him. I mean the way MLB's going yeah, you know, you got to get out of there when you can, and I mean, maybe a flight in the middle of the night's not the way to do it. But. <laughs> Sneaking out of there like an ex-girlfriend, <laughs> trying to get away. Uh, I think those Cardinals players had just one thing on their mind to be cocaine, honest. alcohol, and bad bitches. Way cooler than coronavirus. That's a hundred percent. Absolutely. How could you argue that? That's that's. <laughs> <laughs> um. The um. God. By the way, uh, for those who care uh, and for those who uh, engage in this debate, the 7-Eleven Speedway debate is coming to an end because 7-Eleven has purchased all the Speedways. So the uh, Speedy Freeze uh, Slurpee debate is no more, if anybody else cared. All right, we'll move I on. Never, I never had a... <laughs> Have you ever had a Speedy Freeze, Alex? 
I have not. I, 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 I'm not crazy. There's tons of people who have those debates. And, and you know what? Please write in if you have. If you've thought to yourself, you know, Speedway is better than 7-Eleven. They have better uh, Speedy Freezes. Slurpees are nothing. Slurpees are shit. Speedy Freeze all the way. I feel like Speedway is known for their coffee, no? Speedway is known yes, for the convenient are. stores and everything they have. Yeah. Speedways are good stores. But now they own each other, so... Those debaters are going to have to find something else to argue about. <laughs> what are the, uh, so are they going to take the speedy freezes or are they going to take question. The, uh, or the slurpees? Well, I mean, they didn't say what their details were. I mean, maybe they'll hang on to the Speedway name and, and keep the Speedway stores. I have no idea. Uh, but uh, that's a good question because they do have two similar products with the, the speedy freeze and the slurpee. So they have to imagine. They'll have to keep the slurpee. The slurpee has its own national holiday, slurpee. July 11th. Everyone goes in and they can take whatever container they want. And fill it full of Slurpee. There's no way they get rid of that. Yeah. That was a big July 11th. That's probably my favorite day of the year. Biggest holiday of the year. <laughs> Just kidding. All right. Before we get to the remakes, we have to talk about the Bachelorette drama. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, do you want to talk about this morgue? Or do you want to move on? You tell well, me, Alex. Let's, let's mention the morgue now because we're not – we're. We'll probably just go right this, into the Bachelorette. This, this. morgue story is, is crazy, and I'm not going to spend a lot of time on this – but um, the same week that George Floyd was killed, a cake decorated with a black penis on it showed up in the conference room at a Macomb County Medical Examiner's office. Uh, this is from the Detroit Free Press, and this was the headline story yesterday. Uh, apparently, the Macomb County morgue is buried in scandal involving allegations of all sorts. Um, employees mocked black uh, people inquiring about loved ones' deaths. They hung pornography in the office. They bullied women who complained and recently brought a, a birthday cake and frosted with male genitalia art for fun. This was according to a formal complaint. Um, but this was the cake. This cake with the uh, black penis on it that pushed one employee too far. So she filed a complaint with the federal government. Um, in a workplace dispute that is now in the hands of the U.S. Equal Employment Opportunity Commission, three female employees with the medical examiner's office were fired last week for alleged workplace misbehavior that one worker says went on for at least five years. Um, and, you know, these these employees talk about that. Um, then then uh, it says that employee, a death investigator and a person of color, said she wa- said she long wanted to report the offensive behavior but feared retaliation, so she stayed quiet. Then the graphic cake arrived. Uh, I was livid, furious, actually. Uh, this was talking to the free press. That's what she said. All these cities are on fire for Black Lives Matter movement, and here's my staff eating a black penis cake as a joke that really pushed me over the edge. So she filed a complaint with the EEOC and Macomb County. So anyway, I feel like this story is going to become bigger, and this is one that's not going to go away right away. But you've worked in a morgue. Were any of these practices common from your experience? No, they did not do any of this kind of stuff in the morgue I worked in. I did not enjoy it, (laughs) but they did not do any of this kind of stuff in there it's it's an unbelievable story i I mean the story goes on and on if anyone wants to read it it's on the free press's website it was like i said yesterday's top story but it's a long story and it's one of those that i don't think is going to go away anytime soon because now that there's an actual formal complaint uh it's gonna kind of snowball and and more things may come out and and it's gonna be a weird situation probably should but but all (laughs) of all places a morgue can you imagine that alex a morgue for all this stuff who would have guessed that a morgue is the place for sexual harassment or uh 
an inappropriate work environment. I, I, I never would have guessed it in a morgue for all places. Yeah, I don't know. That's that's pretty morbid, if you ask me. And yeah, I think those people have some real uh, reconciling to do uh, with the, with themselves about about their behavior. <laughs> um, I mean, the only misbehavior I've ever seen in a morgue was on Men in Black. <laughs> so, <laughs> Boy, I, I, it's really inappropriate. I, I mean, in any <laughs> sort of work environment, this you know these days, I don't know how you think you can get away with I've that. Penises on the brain. <laughs> Somebody does, yeah. But a, a, a cake with a penis on it, really? That's that's your move? Honestly, that's your move? Who would have thought that's I'm, a good idea? Or who would have thought that's funny, especially with the uh, the racial contention that's been going on yeah. in the United States for, for the past few weeks, few months, for a while well, now? The only the only thought I have, and this is totally playing devil's advocate, I, I don't agree with it at all, is they just wanted to uh, liven up the work environment a little bit. Oh. That's an awful joke. <laughs> no, I honestly, I don't know how anyone who works in a morgue could be hungry enough to eat a penis cake. <laughs> it honestly is just, it's a very necessary job, but just, it's not the way. It, yeah. Oh, ho, this penis party's got to go. Hey, hey. <laughs> oh, ho, this penis party's got to go. It's unbelievable, and I guarantee we're going to hear more about this story, so if there's any more developments, we'll talk about it. Um, but before we get into the remakes, which will be the last half of the show, we got to talk about The Bachelor. This is a big deal, and Alex, I'm going to need your help. I know Zach's not the most, uh, the biggest Bachelor enthusiast here uh, between the three of us, but you and I, we, we'll watch, and I, I, I'm not ashamed. I love watching The Bachelor. That's... that's entertaining tv well this is the bachelorette right that you well yes talking about first this is the bachelor do you want to tell the story alex uh i can try i can try and maybe you can help me uh fill in some of the the holes here and there so the the general story that i understand is that claire crawley was of course going to be our bachelorette this year and she was uh an older bachelorette she's in her her 40s or upper 30s i believe by the way can i and- pause you really quick um, sure. During um, during the last, uh, I guess it was. Uh, what what was the last Bachelor thing that was on? Was it Bachelor in Paradise that was on like at the at the later part of, uh, like, in, well, they, like in April or something? There was something on in April where they kept advertising. We're looking for men to date the new Bachelorette, Claire Crawley. And yes, that was um, that was Listen to Your Heart. It was like oh, a singing version of The Bachelor. That's and right. I, I, I did watch that. <laughs> and, and I'm not kept, ashamed to admit it. No, I, so so did I. And um, it, it was okay. It wasn't bad. It wasn't as good as The Bachelor or The Bachelorette. But the funny part was, before they went to break, they always promoted, we're looking for men to date the next Bachelorette. And the entire time they're doing it, it's like, you know, March, April, getting into, like, early May. It's like, are are guys, I know it's COVID and everything, but I'm just thinking to myself, maybe guys just don't want to date her and aren't submitting themselves. So they're really desperate. I I was afraid Chris Harrison was going to come out and say, Okay, we're really looking for men to date our next bachelorette. <laughs> I know she's a little older, but guys, she's really cool. Just send your submission. You never know. You might get in. If you didn't think you had a chance, you probably do. So just send it in. It just felt like <laughs> a pathetic so It felt like a pathetic attempt to get this going after a while. <laughs> I didn't even think of that. I had no idea. I didn't even think that might be why they kept showing the uh the call for submissions. And then they were they had the 
call for submissions for like the the senior bachelor. Do you remember that? Oh yeah, what's going on with that? There was like if you're if you're over a certain age or over like fifty or something, please submit to this uh, this tryout or so something. So there's there's gonna be a new show called the Senior Bachelor. It's it's speculation, but it it sounds like it. They they want older single people ready to mingle, and it's all gonna be on TV for our enjoyment. Interesting. Yeah. Next thing you know, you're going to have a, a FarmersOnly.com version of The Bachelor. And <laughs> do everything. A mingle version of The Bachelor. <laughs> We're looking for Jews to submit their applications for this Bachelorette. Next season, we'll be doing Catholic. Stay tuned. <laughs> so what's going on with Claire? So as I understand it, uh, so Claire, uh, they finally started filming uh, despite COVID. And apparently, Claire may or may not have, this is a rumor, met up with one of the contestants before filming started. And then once filming started, she knew that this was a contestant that she had fallen in love with. So wait, is that, that's ended... a big no. That's a big no, no, right? You don't meet up yeah, with somebody no, before the show. No, no, no. You're, you're not supposed to interact with the contestants until filming. Starts. You're going to ruin the plot. <laughs> ruin. Yes, and supposedly within 12 days of filming, she was ready to call it quits and declare that she had fallen in love. Let with... the bitch walk. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Let and the bitch I guess, walk. I guess it's coming out that that is actually what happened. Yeah, she fell in love with somebody within two weeks, and so they're going to uh, wrap her season, and they're actually going to show it to us—a very abbreviated version of Claire Crawley's season. That's what they're saying. They're gonna... That's the that's the rumor. I mean, I I don't think it's the actual real deal, but the Bachelorette teaser that was put out hints that uh, Claire's abrupt exit will be shown this season. So that's the that's the thought at this point. That's actually kind of oh. interesting where they have like a couple episodes in and then she's just like, I'm out of here, and then they bring in someone else. I, I can see that. Well, what if you're one of the guys who applied and you're like, okay, this uh, Claire Crowley, she, she's smoking hot. Maybe I'll get to the fantasy suite with her. Just I got to hang in there for the first few weeks and we'll see. And then two weeks in, they're let down. Like, oh, she's gone. She fell in love with this guy who she met before. So we're just going to bring in this new girl here and you guys, you know, go to town. I haven't watched too much. What? I haven't watched too much of The Bachelor or The Bachelorette, but I do. I can say that I feel like the other, like the, the, the contestants on the show are more in it for the the drinking Zach, in the exotic Zach, places are than you, the actual love. Are you saying that they're not there for the right reasons? Is that what you're telling me? I can't that's confirm a, or deny, but that might be what I'm oh saying. I, 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 wanna, I don't even want to think about that. I can't even think about that. If they're Zach, not there for the right reasons, real. then why am I watching? This is about love. <laughs> this is about finding love. If there's one thing Chris Harrison wants... It's for people to find love. And he's told me that since the beginning. <laughs> hey, if I got invited to go on a show and all I had to do was follow this girl around and go to exotic places, have a couple drinks, maybe have a, a, a date with a hot blonde every once in a while, I, you know what? I might do that. <laughs> so so who's the replacement, Zach, I hate Alex? to break it to you, but I don't think you're getting into <laughs> You should have applied for Claire season when they were asking for anybody. They would have taken you in a heartbeat. Yeah, oh, my God, a male? A... He's in his 20s? Sign him up! They, they have a type for uh, Bachelorette contestants, and it's uh, tall, dumb, and hunky. <laughs> so who's replacing Claire, Alex? So I, I guess I didn't realize that this wasn't confirmed or anything, so I'll just call it a rumor, but it sounds like it's going to be Tasha, who Tasha I'm Adams. Not terribly, yes, I'm not terribly familiar with with her, but I know she's a huge, huge uh, uh, figure in Bachelor Nation, and a lot of people are big fans of her. 
And I, I think she made her mark on Bachelor in Paradise, supposedly. And uh, I, th- I know people are really happy that she's, uh, you know, supposedly going to be the the replacement Bachelorette. I just, I just can't imagine those guys. I mean, being there and then all of a sudden, like, what? She pick somebody? This is not how that's supposed to work. What, what am well, I supposed to do? Well, I will say, so Tasha is twenty nine, so she's significantly younger than Claire. Claire Conley. was uh thirty eight, I think. Thirty eight. Okay. Thirty nine. Uh, I'm sorry. Thirty nine. And she's quite the looker as well, so I don't yeah. think the guys are going to be uh, very disappointed. I'm sure she's a very <laughs> nice young guy. But they're already falling in love. <laughs> After 12 days. Um, uh, yes. Bachelor Nation was first introduced to, um, Ta- you said Tasha? Tasha? Tasha. I'll, I'll never be able to pronounce that. Tasha. Uh, when she appeared on uh, Colton Underwood's uh, season of The Bachelor, that was in the uh, spring of 2019. Uh, she then struck up a romance with John Paul Jones, uh, JPJ, on Bachelor yes, in Paradise. We all know John right, Paul Jones, right. but they went their separate ways in October of 2019. Uh, so uh, uh, Tasha's last posted on social media on July 30th, not too long ago, sharing a photo of her shadow on Instagram. How artsy, along with a quote, the eye is always caught by light, but shadows have more to say. Oh, that's for some <laughs> foreshadowing. That's some foreshadowing. Did, All right, did well, guys leave? Did guys leave the season? I, I'm, I, I would have had to imagine that people did. They would. I, I mean, I, I bet they would have been a ton pissed Claire off. Claire Crawley was cast as the 16th season's Bachelorette. Oh, excuse me. <laughs> we probably should have kept watching that. Would have told us everything. I uh, I did hear rumors that uh, some of the contestants had left, and then the producers were in contact with them to bring some back and. So I think there will be some repeat contestants, which should be interesting, and maybe we'll get to hear their side of the story when they when they finally air this season, which should be very interesting and will definitely set an interesting precedent for for bachelorettes and bachelor seasons in the future. Because I, I just want to bring this up. Yeah, something that the contestants always say is like, "Oh, it's so hard that you're dating all these different women or men at the same time as me." Like, why don't you just pick me and we'll get on with it, right? And <laughs> sure. They always say, they always say, no, you have to trust the process. Trust the process. Go through with it, right? Well, Claire didn't trust the process. She picked one and she left. So now these contestants are going to be able to hold that over the bachelor or bachelorette's head and say, Claire did it. Why don't you do it? You obviously don't love me as much as she loved her contestant. <laughs> I think it's very fair to say that we're in for the most dramatic season of The Bachelor or Bachelorette ever before. And believe me, they never say that. They never say that. But this season, (laughs) this season is going to be the most dramatic. It's going to be crazy. I'm not going to lie. I'm kind of sold. (laughs) I'd be willing to bet Zach's medical school tuition that they say that this season. (laughs) I'm sure they already I have. I it's increasing, so I'll get a nice return on my money. <laughs> That's going to be a big bet. But, yeah, this is going to be a crazy season. I'm all in. I, Zach, I think as a as a um, entry point of doing this podcast, you're going to have to watch The Bachelor. You're going to have to make time to do it. And it, it, they're on Monday nights, Bachelorette and The Bachelor. So before the show – Both two, of them are on the same night? Well, no, no, no. They're different part times of the year. Oh, okay. the, the Bachelorette's first, and then we'll do The Bachelor in the times spring. times two speed. Can I watch it at like a times two speed? You'll have to figure that out on your own. This isn't a a Zoom lecture. (laughs) No, you gotta, you gotta, you gotta make the investment and sit down, rewind and rewatch and and watch the. uh, I'll take notes. Rose, 
Yeah, I mean, you're going to have to listen to the post-show uh, Bachelor, Bachelor Nation podcast. Is there going to be a shelf exam on this? <laughs> I'm going to be administering it on the show live, and it's going to be a hilarious event if you yeah, did not watch it. Yeah, we should, much, we should do that. that would actually see how much Zach funny. pays attention. That would be a bad idea. <laughs> I would love it. We'll do it live! <laughs> <laughs> okay, uh, you guys want to get to the remakes? Yes. All yes, right. I've been dying to get to the remakes. The segment. I've been dying. We have tons of submissions. We're really happy with everyone who sent something in. We've got great submissions from movies to songs uh, to even uh, some fashion and some miscellaneous categories to cover. And I think we have a lot to go over. So, uh, Max, one of our first submissions was actually from your mom. So maybe maybe you should cover that one. Maybe she had a conversation with you about it. The one from from uh, about from Scarface. Scarface. Scarface, yes, which is a remake. I didn't know it was a remake. That's crazy. You know, I, again, this is these. Just as a disclaimer for everyone listening, just because they're submitted or just because they're on this list doesn't mean we've all seen it. Because I haven't seen Scarface from 1983. That is like a capital crime. Oh come on! I, you know what? This is going to come out eventually on the show. There's tons of movies that I haven't seen, and I think I've already mentioned this on the show. But Scarface is one of them. Uh, but yeah, uh, my mom submitted this. Uh, she thought it was a great remake. One of those movies everyone saw, talked about, repeated lines from, drinking games, uh, take a sip every time fuck was said. So there we go. Um, back in the 80s. So those were the uh, fun games back in the 80s that they played. And it's one of those movies that certainly leaves a big impression. Uh, it has earned its cult standing. I, I do know that. I do know that. Uh, but the original Scarface was from 19... 19- 32 which uh that probably was still in, i'm sure in black and white i'm sure they just got sound the big big advancement in movies from then but yeah i don't think it's uh close to the al pacino remake i i, I would imagine my mom agrees with that <laughs> al pacino might have been around for the 1932 version <laughs> he could uh, have been anyway no i was i was so surprised to find out that was a remake but uh obviously they, they did a killer job because they really hit the mark on this one it really made its mark on on culture it's a good remake which which on a similar uh a similar uh train is uh is the movie little women which has obviously made a mark on culture i mean the book was from 1868 this was a submission uh from my girlfriend's roommate nicole uh they just had the remake come out in 2019 um, and what I didn't realize is that there's actually a remake that came out in 1994 with Winona Ryder uh, from Stranger Things and a million other things, uh, one of the greatest actresses uh, of our time. And it had Winona Ryder and <laughs> Kirsten Dunst in 1994. But I think arguably the better version was the one that came out in 2019. Uh, this is uh, what Nicole and his roommate told me. She said that she really appreciated how fresh the remake was how even though it was set back in the olden days, back in the 1860s, uh, you know, it really still portrayed uh, modern issues and you really felt like you were friends with the characters. I mean, it has a star-studded cast with uh, Meryl Streep, Emma Watson, Timothy Chalamet. It's directed by Greta Gerwig. It's nominated for six Oscars, including Best Picture. It only won one, which was for uh, Best Costume Design. But that was that's really a quality remake. I mean, that is a a bar to set when you can remake a movie and get it nominated for six Oscars. I mean, I really think that speaks for itself. What about Hairspray? Hairspray is similar. Um, Cause that was so, a 20, 2007, the, uh, the remade version, but the original was from 1988. 
Yeah, you know, so I I have not seen the 1988 version. Uh, apparently, it's a cult classic. Apparently, as, as I read in several different reviews. But personally, I find the the 07 version to be really just an all time classic movie. I mean, you've got John Travolta, who is you know a six foot tall, six foot wide uh, mother uh, of Amanda Bynes, and she's married to Christopher Walken, which is just I mean a great you know little trio of a family right there. And then you've got Zac Efron, Queen Latifah, Jerry Stiller, rest in peace, Michelle Pfeiffer, and James Marsden. I mean, that was a great movie. And I really don't even like musicals very much, but I will make an exception for this one. <laughs> Never watched it. I also am not a big fan of musicals. No, <clears throat> no. But have you seen this movie, either of you? No, no. No? Oh, it's, it's, it's funny. It's a classic. It's really good. And it, so uh, I pulled a lot of these movies. This one was actually a viewer suge- uh, suggestion for my girlfriend, uh, but it was also on Rotten Tomatoes list of best remakes of all time. It was at number 11. And there was a lot of really quality movies on that list. And this one really earned its place, okay. I think, personally. How do you feel about How the Grinch Stole Christmas? <laughs> I, what, do you, what do you mean? It, do you think it lives up to Hairspray? Do I think it lives up to Hairspray? Yeah, the well, remake. <laughs> is that on the list? Do we put that on the list? Yeah, it is. It is. It is. <laughs> so so I added that one. Uh, and I'm not talking. So there was a recent remake just a year or two ago, the so animated version, just called Grinch. Uh, that was in 2018 I'm seeing here. There's probably been a bunch of Grinch movies, hasn't there? I mean, that's an old story. They've done so many movies on that, haven't they? I only know the, uh, the cartoon, right? The... Um... Yeah, so the cartoon yeah. was back in like the 60s, believe it or not. It was yeah. a really old cartoon. Yeah. And then there's the and classic one with Cindy Lou Who. Well, they both have Cindy Lou Who, but the, the, the little girl, you know what I'm saying, with the with the Christmas lights. Is that the one with Jim Carrey? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. From exactly. 2000, from 20 years ago. So that's the one I think is the best remake. So that's from 2000. It's got Jim Carrey. It was directed by Ron Howard. And, I mean, that's my favorite, my favorite version of The Grinch. I... Uh, admittedly have not seen the most recent uh, animated version. And I know there have been uh, quite a few TV uh, cartoons and TV versions of it, uh, but I did want to uh, to read a review from IMDb about the Grinch. <laughs> oh, uh, just somebody somebody that wrote it. Uh, he some uh, An anonymous reviewer on IMDb writes, why is it that some people cannot take a film for what it is supposed to be? This film is supposed to be a lighthearted, tongue-in-cheek, family comedy, things to make the kids laugh and things for the adults. And that is exactly what this film does. I laughed my nuts off. (laughs) I thought Carrie put on a great performance and the whole film, quote unquote, if watched at Christmas, really gives you a bit of festive cheer. Now he has something to say to all the film reviewers out there. He goes, so to all of you film reviewers, stop trying to sound like film students and knock every film because it's not taxi driver or the godfather. Take films for what they are supposed to be. Entertainment. Dude, I, I really agree with that. Wow. Like, well said. there's a lot of there's a lot of people like they'll 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 hate on movies and like like uh like Fast and Furious movies or something like that. You know, it, where where they're not supposed to be these movies with these huge plots and these, you know, the, the, the great, you know, character development and, you know, awesome dialogue. But they, but what they really go for is like the action scenes and watching the rock mow down people with a machine gun. Right, exactly. Like that's all you want. Sometimes you just <laughs> well, got to take it for what it is. <laughs> exactly, I agree entirely. And that, that's actually a good uh, transition into another one of our remakes, uh, which would be, um, oh, where'd it go? 
Oh, Ocean's Eleven. Ocean's Eleven is one of those movies. A- another that, one I have not seen. Which is probably really? many of these lists. <laughs> Ocean's Eleven is a classic. So that's another one where you don't go see it for its cinema, you know, cinematic value. Yeah. For, you know, the what it does for, you know, for the history of film. You go to see it because you got George Clooney, Brad Pitt, Matt Damon, yeah, Don Cheadle. The all-stars, I mean, man. You've got all these all-stars. And it's a remake of a classic Rat Pack movie, which means that George Clooney had some big shoes to fill because he was playing the Frank Sinatra role. But, I mean, this movie was amazing. I mean, I I know that uh, heist movies can be a little bit gimmicky, but of all heist movies, I think that this one really, really sets the bar. Um, Rotten Tomatoes had it on only number 35 of their best remakes of all time. I think that's a little low. I saw it much higher on some other lists I was reading, and I think that the Rotten Tomatoes list what was, really does this. What was a top a five, Alex? What was the top five Rotten Tomatoes remake? Do you know? The, Question. Um, I've got a couple on this list. Uh, we got to roll as, through these guys. We got a lot yeah. to go through for the 50, 52, 52 minutes. And we, we don't have to cover all of them. Uh, I know, I know, but we can at least mention most of them. Yeah, so uh, a couple just so that uh, so that people know where we're coming from. We've got parent trap on here maybe you didn't even know that was a remake i certainly didn't 98 was was the remake and 61 was the original exactly exactly then you've got another Lindsay lohan classic on here with freaky friday (laughs) (laughs) that one is a classic (laughs) yes remake of the 76 hit yes exactly with uh with Lindsay lohan and um oh shoot what is her name i always forget it the crypt keeper right that's what it no well it it doesn't matter (laughs) Um, you've got Charlie and the Chocolate <laughs> Never Factory. Never heard of them, next. <laughs> By the way, Charlie it, and the Chocolate Factory. I will remember it by the end of this podcast. Charlie and the Chocolate um, Factory, I was not a fan of. I, I Maybe it's just because I love the original so much, oh. but I didn't think Johnny Depp was right to play um, Willy Wonka. I thought it was a weird... Okay. Well, I know Willy Wonka's a weird character, but um, it, it just... I don't know. I, I was not a fan of it. I, I like the original, but... Ugh. Not so, for me. So here's why I put it on the list because I agree the the 1971 version with Gene Wilder as Willy Wonka, all time classic. Sure, it's amazing. It's one of the best movies, one of the best children's movies ever made. Right. Sure. But I think that the Johnny Depp with Tim Burton version does it pure justice and really puts a unique spin on the story. And I, that's why I put it on here because it's a really well done remake. Because a lot of times you have a sequel, you have a remake. It's just not. It's not very well done, but this one, this one was really well done, even if it doesn't quite live up to the expectations of the original. That's why I put it on this list. Um, um, we I've also have some. I've got some westerns on here with yeah. Three Ten to Yuma. That was with Christian Bale and Russell Crowe. That was a great movie. That was and from Fifty Seven. Got was another the original. western on here. Right, I've got another western on here, uh, which is True Grit, and I wanted to put a couple westerns on here because. I don't think they're as popular as they should be with our with our um, with our uh, generation. I think that we're really missing out on a on a golden opportunity to remake some of the best movies ever, especially sure. in those old westerns. I mean, their special effects stink. They're terrible. And you know what? And they There's, really they pumped out western was, movies a dime a dozen. There's thousands of those guys. I mean, just thousands of these little unknown movies from the 50s the 60s sometimes even the 40s or late 30s i mean all these westerns when westerns were huge and i mean they just pumped those things out like crazy they have so much content if they want to remake stuff one that kind of comes to my mind that was remake remake 
remade recently was uh, Cowboys or not. I don't even know if it was remade. It's an original, I guess. Cowboys versus Aliens. Well, the, <laughs> the Western. You know what I'm talking great about? Great addition to the remake discussions. Well, I'm Very just saying. Good. If we're talking about westerns, let's that's just talk a about good, good movies one. in general. It what about great, Titanic? It has a great effect. The if we're remake about westerns. The remake of the ship sinking, the Titanic. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe one of the worst remakes of all time. They had to sink it a second time. <laughs> <laughs> um, the Departed. I've seen The Departed. It was really good. I think I fell asleep during it. But I didn't know it was a remake. <laughs> it's a Scorsese film, um, but it was inspired by the 2002 Hong Kong movie Internal Affairs. Um, but it's definitely a remake. I mean, the, the 06 movie, 2006, it has Leo DiCaprio, Matt Damon, Mark Wahlberg, Jack Nicholson. I mean, those are big names, and it, it was a very good movie. I, I should have paid a little more attention than I did. Oh, it's um, just a classic. Casino yeah. Royale, uh, obviously the James Bond stuff. Oh, I, I did want the... to take a second and talk about, about the James Bond because I though, when you're talking about series like James Bond or Batman or Star Wars, series that – have been redone or remade or improved over their lifetime. Yeah. I really think that the James Bond series might be one that has done the best job of improving itself over time because I think Daniel Craig does a great job. And I think that the most recent versions with Daniel Craig are the closest to what Ian Fleming meant James Bond to be. I mean, you've got Sean Connery and Pierce Brosnan and Roger Moore who played kind of more suave, sophisticated, pretty boy versions of Bond. But James Bond is supposed to be kind of gritty and hard-nosed and not really, you know, in place in the sophisticated environments that, you know, he sometimes is, like these, you know, fancy casinos in Venice. And I really think that um, these new versions with Daniel Craig hit it right on the nose. I mean, he's my favorite Bond for sure. And I've seen many, many of the films with all the different actors in it. He does a good and job. Dan Craig does a fantastic job. There's no question. There was. Absolutely. I think the only one I've seen that's not Daniel Craig is uh, Die Again Tomorrow or Die Another Day. Is Again. that a new one or an old one? That's an old one. Okay. He. It, it was the. It? it was. It was the. It was the guy before Daniel Craig who had the uh, brown hair. You know what I'm talking about. Well, Pierce Brosnan and Roger Moore both had brown hair, and they're pretty similar look. Well, no, the most recent I one. I think you're. I think that's a Pierce Brosnan movie. Never heard of him, Max. Yeah, exactly. I can't remember the exact timeline between them. Uh, uh, airplane. But I, I really think Daniel Craig. We get, oh, we airplane. Talk about airplane. Is a well, classic. And I it's mean, in our intro. Yeah, I mean, well, it, it's kind of a satirical remake of. I I didn't even know this. The 1957 film mm-hmm. Zero Hour. Um, but I knew it was a big remake from Airport 75 or 1975. Um, and the other film series in the airport film series, that's where I knew it from. But, man, that's, that's one of my favorite movies. That's my humor. That and The Naked Gun. Yeah, so. Oof, it, awesome. It's a, uh, so it draws from quite a different movie, uh, quite a different uh, few set of movies. But I think its plot is based off of Zero Hour. And I think they actually draw quite a bit of the direct dialogue straight from Zero Hour. They just say it in more of a satirical fashion. And really play it up, and um, it is oh, it's it's great. There's there's a Star Is Born. Um, that's that's a very good one. Um, that was from my Aunt Mary Ann actually, because the original was from 1954 with um, Judy Garland and James Mason. But the 76 version was good with Streisand and Chris Christopherson, and then in 2018, obviously with Lady Gaga and Bradley Cooper, um, who had that beautiful rendition together. And I hope they make it <laughs> that song. 
You know this song? The, 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 it's stupid song that those two sing. You know what I'm talking about? In the shadow, shadow. Yes, yes, of course. Oh, That's yes. a great song. Yes. I know, oh. but their little rendition of it, people just fell in love. Oh my God, I hope they end up together. Actually, Look at they're perfect. What you did was didn't, beautiful. Didn't they there, kiss Max. on stage? <laughs> well, if they didn't, I'm sure people hope they didn't. I, I'm sure well, people hope they did, they did much they did more after performance. this. They did a live performance at some award show and they kissed on stage, I believe. People were just praying that that kiss led to more backstage. I guarantee it. I mean, that <laughs> rendition, that just pushed people over the edge. How adorable. Uh, um, Let's see. I All right. So The Office, I didn't even really think of it as a remake. You know, you always think of The Office as so original. Yeah, The Office was a remake of the British version. Yeah. Obviously, that's fantastic for TV. Um, I want to get into a few songs really quick of remakes. Um, because songs are kind of more, music is definitely more my wheelhouse than than movies. Um, the first one that we put down here was Hallelujah with Leonard Cohen, uh, released in 84, but it had uh, two covers, 94 by Jeff Buckley and 97 by um, Rufus Rain, Rain White. God, I can't talk. You want to try, Alex? Rufus Rain White? I can try. I... <laughs> Say that 10 times. So... Yeah, right. <laughs> so... I, I added this song to the list because it was one that I don't think really picked up until more recently. And right now, I mean, it's it's a classic song. I think every artist probably knows it by heart. And personally, I was inter- introduced to it through Shrek. I don't know if you guys were too. Uh, but No, I, mean, it, I was not. I just knew nowadays. the song. <laughs> no, you didn't see it in Shrek? It's a classic. Oh, I'm sorry. I guess I'm the only cultured one here. No, no, no. <laughs> I've seen it. Don't say that. Also... <laughs> Shrek is culture. Okay, good, Zach. I'm, I'm. Yes, Shrek is the only culture we need. <laughs> the um... but it was it was also on a a recent episode of SNL, and I mean it's uh yeah I mean it's a it really uh di- it's a really uh well man what's the word I'm looking for it's a really versatile song I mean. It can be used. I mean, it can be used to sing about joy and sadness, or sadness. I mean, you hear it around Christmas time. You hear it at funerals. I mean, you can hear it anytime. Um, and it's really become a classic song. But apparently, it had no attention when it first came out. That's why I added it to the list. Uh, Twist and shout by the Beatles. We all know that song. It was done by the Top Notes back oh, in really? 1961. Who would have thought? I mean, this was obviously done by the Beatles, Beatles, and there was the Isley Brothers that did it in 62. That became the bigger hit, but it was originally done by the Top Notes. I mean, this really? That's weird. There's so many songs that you may know of that just are remade, and you really never know that. Um, one of the other ones that was put on this list, and I, I knew this, but I forgot. Respect. R e s p e t t by uh, obviously all the miss the the best wow. thing is when Can you I spell? no 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 my remember when he's quoting the office R e s p e t t find out what it means to me <laughs> oh sorry do we have that clip Whoosh. we should we I should. hope we if we don't that's one that I want to get but that was done by um, Otis Redding back in the day and I I I love Otis Redding. I had no idea that he was the original uh, writer of Respect in 1965. Um, but that was something that was really cool. Um, right. I mean, and Aretha Franklin is the one who made it iconic. Yeah. I mean, she added 
the, the spelling out of R-E-S-P-E-C-T and also the backup chorus of, of Socket to me, which is really what it's best known right. for today. I mean, even 50 years later, every time I hear the word respect, I can't help but kind of get the song a little bit stuck in my head, which I think speaks to how well she, she really put her work awesome uh, yeah I mean, that's, you, you never would have guessed that um speaking of otis redding who he he was a fantastic m- musician back in the 60s do you guys know the the song hard to handle by the black crows you play it you, you guys you guys must know that i'm definitely it, it, alex it you, sounds familiar you gotta know that maybe if i heard it it's it's a it's one of their most popular songs you you guys know the black crows right I would imagine. Yes, yes, I do know the flat. Very poor oh, quality yes. version. Absolutely. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. But it was. Uh, it's an awesome song. But Otis Redding, I thought. Well, I, I like both versions, and to be honest, I may like the Otis version a little better, just because he has that like soul to him. Kind of interesting. Yeah. Out. Baby, here I am. I'm a man on the scene. Um. Wow. He he did a lot, and he was very yeah, good. Yeah. It's kind of interesting how he has. I don't a, know if the I don't know if the uh, remake is better than. I think I like the Otis version. It it's groovy. It's groovy. Yeah. It's it's a lot of those '90s songs that were done that like the Black Crows. I'm trying to remember what year they did it. But they've remade a lot of those '60s guys. Um. Anyway, interesting. Uh, it's a good one. Last Kiss. Uh, Pearl Jam covered it. Uh, my my aunt sent this in. Marianne. She was a little mistaken on this one, and this is one where I had to actually correct it because she said the original version was by uh, the Cavaliers, J. Frank Wilson and the Cavaliers. Do you guys know the song Last Kiss? Um, maybe not. But Pearl Jam did a good cover of it. I know some Pearl Jam fans hate it. But um, the Cavaliers were not the original artist of that. It was Wayne Cochran from 1961 that did Last Kiss. Come on, Marianne. <laughs> Come on. But but it's just one of those like little-known things that that uh, that nobody really knew, I guess, because everyone knew the Cavaliers version. But Wayne did it first, and it's a little different. He was actually the writer. A remake of a remake. I know. Look at Wayne Cochran looks crazy. If anyone wants to see crazy hair, just Google Wayne Cochran. C O C H R A N. He's got amazing. <laughs> um, let's see what else do we have here. I love rock and roll by the Arrows in 1976. It wasn't popular until Joan Jett did it in '82. But that was a cover from 1976. Again, really? another one of those things. But it was a critically acclaimed cover too, because that's in the Grammy Hall of Fame. Yeah, yeah. Um, what else? I will always love you by Dolly Parton. Alex, did you put that? I did. Yeah, I only put that one because both versions are seen as really good. But Whitney Houston's cover, I mean, it might just be the greatest of all time. Um, I mean, that that's the version. I mean, she won two Grammys for it. Just it was that number song. one on the Billboard wow. Hot 100 for 14 weeks, and wow. it's really just a whether you prefer Dolly or, or Whitney, but 
I mean, I think Whitney's the best. Yeah, I don't think there's any debate there, but that's just me. Where's uh, Skinny Love? I don't see it on here. You guys ever see that one? <laughs> Skinny Love? Yeah, no, it's a great song. You guys know? There's like two versions. There's like the, I, I think Is that the... what you watch in your incognito browser? <laughs> no, no, no. Play Never it. heard of a Max. Play it, play it, play it. It's a great song. Skinny Love? Yeah. You, you pull it up. I don't. I'm not plugged <laughs> yeah. in. It's okay. We can. Skinny Love? Yeah, Who sings it? It's. Uh... Does anyone know Skinny Love? Please write us. <laughs> Who sings it? Call up right now. We need somebody. To bon leave. Iver? Yes, oh, yes. Man. I wish we I had think a he does the remake. Drop. We should get what a What do you cricket. mean? This is a great song. I, I guarantee you that the viewers have heard this song. I'll fast forward. <laughs> Who Who did the original? I think the, there's a girl who sings one, and I think she did the original. Sounds a little modest mousy. No, it's not modest mousy. You don't think it's so? It's way too calm for that, yeah. All right, moving on. Yeah, well. <laughs> the Lumineers or something. Dude, we all know Led Zeppelin. They did Nobody's Fault But Mine, and actually they covered a lot of songs from like those early blues guys. Um, it's a it's a sweet song if you're a Zeppelin fan. But um, but a lot of people don't know that songs like this are a cover, and Zeppelin doesn't really talk about it too much because they they sometimes credit them, but they don't want to give that perception that a lot of the songs that they sang and did were actually taken from some old blues music musicians back from the 20s and 30s. But it's a rockin' song. And they yeah, I don't think you can argue that Zeppelin definitely put their own spin on it and really made it their own. Have you heard that. the original? I have not, but so, I can't imagine that a song from 1927 sounded like that. So, <laughs> so Blind Willie Johnson did the original. He was a blind musician from the late 20s. He recorded, I believe, 30 songs with Columbia Records before he died. He died in 1941. There's only like one picture of him, but he inspired... Uh, so many artists. He he was blind, but he was a, a, a master at guitar, and, vo- and his voice was crazy. So, believe it or not, 1927 was when this song came out, and, and this is what inspired Robert Plant and Jimmy Page. And nobody's fault but mine. Nobody's fault but mine. But I read my soul that sounds like he smokes a hundred packs of cigarettes. Ah, it's got soul, man. Have a it, it, it's it's just wild to, to think that that song there influenced a band as popular as Led Zeppelin. I just I just love stuff like that. Well, um, I'm sure I'm sure a lot of our uh, listeners can connect with that one. <laughs> um, all along the Watchtower, Jimi Hendrix did it in '68. Bob Dylan did it in '67. Another great remake. Um, knocking on Heaven's Door, speaking of Bob Dylan, uh, that was done by Guns N' Roses in 91. Oh. A great song. It's one of their most popular songs. Bob Dylan did it in 73. Um, that was on Use Your Illusion 2 for Guns N' Roses from 1991. But they recorded it from, um, from starting from, or, I'm sorry, recorded it, performed it live uh, starting in 87. Uh, the last song that we had on the list, and I, I got to play it, uh, you, we all know Metallica, one of the most uh famous bands ever. I mean, they arguably started heavy metal. 
and uh, and stuff. And you know, I mean, they really did. I mean, hard rock was around, but heavy metal that was Metallica. They were able to do a remake of a song by the Dubliners. Which was an Irish band from the 60s. This definitely sounds like a Metallica song. Can you imagine doing Metallica doing this? No. I mean, I, if you want to listen to Ireland say, on a song, this is it. What's that, Alex? I gotta say, I, I've heard the Metallica version. I do not care for it. Seriously? I, I, much, I much prefer this old, folky Irish sound. I mean, the song, just, it's not done justice with hard metal. I, I don't know. I I really like the Metallica one. That's just me. Uh, they I think they do a good job. But um, I mean, it's it's definitely more rocking. And it's it's I just find it so impressive that bands are able to remake stuff. Let me fast forward a little bit. I mean, does that sound like the same song, Zach? No. That. <laughs> it, well, it's it it is. Let me get to the hook. Completely different sound. No. Yeah, rock it. No. Yeah, why don't that? Why don't we leave it to Metallica and uh, the old folks of the the Dubliners? The Dubliners, man, the Dubliners. Oh, oh that, I bet I bet they song, were. Oh, that sure. song needs to be. Uh, be sung by a single guy in a in a bar in Dublin who's had maybe one too many Guinnesses and Well, I'm sure that's, that's how the song the I'm sure that's how the song was recorded by the Dubliners, just hanging out in the bar, <laughs> pl- playing there the um what whatever it's called, the, the the famous bar in Dublin. And they're just playing there. They probably did. God, I'm blanking. That's a great addition to the show, everybody. <laughs> that famous I know there's one famous bar in Dublin that's just huge. It's just where everyone goes. Uh but I, I, anyway. I want to say Tower? Tower? No. No, it's like no. I I digress. Um <laughs> talked about the office. Um other remakes. Um this was from uh, my brother's girlfriend, Aaron, the Fedora. Is that a good remake? You know, like no. Justin Timberlake, Pharrell Williams. The hat? No. no. <laughs> Zach says no. No. Who, who yeah, wears the hat? Who wears a fedora? I'm not a fedora guy. Well, Pharrell Williams, Justin Timberlake. I mean, either have to be artsy or just way too weird. It's, it's a been remade, remade several times. It doesn't mean it's been done well. <laughs> I think she'll be sorry to hear that. <laughs> sorry, Aaron. Uh, the, the, Why does Aaron does Aaron wear a fedora? No, but she, well, I don't know. She, I mean, that was her suggestion, so she threw it out there. So she must like it. I guess. <laughs> I mean, these are the best remakes. We did ask for the best remakes, not the worst. So, <laughs> for whatever it's worth. Uh, you put the Denver Nuggets uniform. I did just because we had mentioned it in our in our preview, because uh, we had worn those back when we played rec league basketball, and I just love those <laughs> classic looks with the uh, with the rainbow across the chest. I think those are so cool, and I'm glad that they're uh, they made their way back onto like, an NBA court. Those retro those retro uniforms are not. It's not just a Denver Nuggets thing though. They're they, they, right. They're, no, no, no. they're doing them all across the league. I mean, the Grizzlies yeah. have some really cool uniforms. They're using their old uh, Vancouver Grizzlies uniforms, and those are so cool. I really enjoy them. The best, the best song. Is this? <laughs> is it? Is this college, or is this this song for college, or is it for NBA? What? 
the the song that he's 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 singing to. That's what is that? NBC's um basketball intro music on NBC, I think. Yeah. It's an SNL bit when they redid it. <laughs> it the, the original version had those lyrics in it, but the execs at NBC <laughs> took them out, just did the instrumental. <laughs> it's such a shame we couldn't hear that every time <laughs> that we have a basketball game starting on NBC. I mean, I mean, who wouldn't want to hear that fantastic rendition? Yes, All right, two, three, four. <laughs> So the Denver Nuggets have obviously uh, <laughs> thank, thank you, Max. Very good. Um, the Ford Bronco was kind of the big thing that we talked about for remakes. Um, how's the How's the uh, reservation going, Alex? Uh, well, as far as I know, they're going to contact me in January, so I can you know build my version. I can you know figure out if I can afford the uh, the edition <laughs> I actually want. And then uh, if I actually go through with it, it'll be delivered in. What are the odds late. you actually go through with this? Um, I don't know. We'll we'll see. I'll put it. I'll put it at a uh, sixty forty right now. I know I, I make bad it. purchases. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's gonna be a great purchase. It's gonna be an awesome purchase. He does. The- he does need a new car. You would you would make money off this, Max. I don't know. Uh, I don't know why you're dogging it. What are you talking, Ford? No, no, no. The the bet, the bet you guys have to throw back to the uh, first oh. episode. Oh, oh yeah, well, how his car is not getting to four hundred thousand yeah. miles. Yeah. Hey, 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 hey. That's Just true. Because I get a Bronco doesn't mean I'm not keeping the Highlander. How much? Oh, how much we bet? Ten thousand, I think. Twenty thousand. Two something, cars. Something Two hundred dollars. Two hundred thousand. That's right. That's right. Uh, <laughs> you put the whole Winnipeg Jets franchise as a good remake too. Uh, which was, was pretty funny. A joke. That was mostly a joke because uh, the Jets moved to Arizona in '96, and then. In 2011, they moved the Atlanta Thrashers back up to Winnipeg, and it was more just, you know, sometimes when you move a franchise, you're not expecting them to be super successful in the first few years, but I've been pretty impressed with how they've performed. I think they're a really fun team to watch, and I think Winnipeg has really embraced them. I mean, they've had some of the the top performers in the NHL on that that team with Patrick Laine and Mark Shifley and... Connor Hellebuck and Blake Wheeler and Dustin Bufflin was on the team. I don't think he is anymore. You've done a lot of research, haven't yeah, you, Alex? God. That's, that's well, very detailed. <laughs> <laughs> well, plus there's a, a former Spartan what on do you, the team, what do you, what, do you, what are you doing now that you don't have to study for the bar? <laughs> Trying to figure out what I'm going to do until work starts in January. Research and remakes. I guess. America. The best remake. <laughs> the best remake of uh, Great Britain is America, baby. I think that's a winner. I, I think we can all agree that's got to be the winner. Thank you, Alex. <laughs> my brother, Major, Alex. Alex Major. Alex yeah, Major, yeah. my brother. Great suggestion. We've had some good times. We've had some bad times. But overall, we're still the best damn country in the world. No question about it. Oh, hey, if you don't love it, leave it. USA, number one. America. America. That's right. That's right. I don't want to hear what you have to say, Alex. Yeah, we're done. We can mute him. He's on Zoom. He's not even in the room. We can just mute him. God. Are you good on the remakes? That's our remake segment. I hope everyone enjoyed it. And if there's anyone we missed, send them in. We'll cover them on later episodes. This could be a... uh, a repeat segment if you guys come up with some new ideas we'll we'll keep thinking of some ourselves here and there can't promise we'll cover it every episode but right. if you guys have a great idea please send it in we really enjoyed it i, I enjoyed doing the research i learned a lot 
just by researching, uh, you know, a lot of these movies. And there are some we didn't even get to cover. But. I know. There, I mean, there's a lot. And to be honest with you, an entire discussion on cover songs would probably be something that I would want to do in a later show. Um, I think that'd be a cool thought. But, you know, I mean, remakes is a broad category, but cover songs, you can cover a lot. Um, give out the social media stuff, Alex. Yeah, so uh, make sure to follow us on Twitter at Cutting Out Early. Find us on Instagram at cuttingoutearly.podcast. Uh, you know, listen to us on Spotify and Apple Music or anchor.fm slash cuttingoutearly. Uh, you can even send us an email at cuttingoutearly.podcast at gmail.com. There we go. You, you can have text a, a detailed note you want to send us. You can text and, Alex uh, Newth himself at 313. <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 no. And, uh, you know, as, as Max has previously said, please send us feedback. We really want to know right. how we can improve, how we can, you know, bring you a, a better a better podcast. Thanks. Each- Thanks, everybody. We're doing it with Zoom with Alex. We appreciate it. Yes. Zach? Till next week. Till next week. <laughs> See you guys then. <laughs> <laughs>